The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. It's the Ringer Gambling Show, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back, and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus, and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler. Visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Let's roll, baby. Welcome in Tuesday, East Coast Bias, post-Thanksgiving edition. We've hit the home stretch in the NFL. There is a whole lot cooking. Joe House is with us. Raheem Palmer is with us. Fellas, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. House, Raheem and I are in great spirits. We we did not have a great Thanksgiving card. The Cowboys was cruel. The Patriots was very cruel. But man, Sunday and Monday were super nice, dude. Maybe I'm just glowing because I'm in South Florida right now, but we are feeling it, bro. How we doing? Yeah, you know, that game last night especially, it felt like uh, everybody was on the Steelers. Was anybody... On the Colts for that game? I couldn't find a soul who was on Indianapolis. Like, anybody who I talk to, whether it's gambling community, whether it's buddies of mine, whether it's degenerate gamblers, House, you nailed it. Everyone in the world was... I don't know what the betting splits and breakdown might have been, but it sure felt like everybody was on the Steelers for sure. I saw a lot of the public actually on the Colts last night. It was shocking. I mean, given, you know, uh, Mike Tomlin's record as an underdog. I mean, but they, I mean, they came through. It, it just felt like Matt Ryan wasn't going to be able to get away from that pressure. Um, and then obviously they did get it going in the second half. But, you know, that time management from Jeff Saturday and Matt Ryan was just absolutely abysmal. So, oh, so um, atrocious. Still and got you know to what, the window. Raheem, everyone is going to kill Jeff Saturday. And I understand it. He's inexperienced. He has no business being an NFL coach. Like, that's the obvious critique. But House, Matt Ryan has played a gazillion NFL games. He has been in countless two-minute drills. When he slides and gets the first down, shouldn't it be like the quarterback's instinct to say, hey, maybe I should use a timeout here? Like, we could get on the coach. That's fine. He's at fault. Where is Matt Ryan? What is he doing there? I mean, I was more than happy to see that time winding, winding, winding. But come on, man. 
I think we're going right to the heart of that situation in, in, in Indianapolis, right? They don't have an offensive coordinator. And, you know, we talked about this on the Friday show with, with Warren Sharp. Really, Matt Ryan's the de facto offensive coordinator. It shouldn't be his responsibility in terms of the game management to be thinking about, you know, the the the, the time situation along with all of his other responsibilities. But that's that's the 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 bed they made. And and you know, I think it was fair. In the, in the press conference afterwards, folks were asking him, and he's like, yeah, yeah you know, we were playing with tempo, um, and he kind of dodged it. But, uh, yeah, that that <laughs> it's very funny. I'm surprised that public money, it must be on the, the Jeff Saturday narrative. People liked how competitive they were against Philly after winning the first game. Um, but, man, it was, it was a wonderful opportunity to try and collect some of the losses after what Seattle – and the Ravens and Tampa did to the betting public. And I'm talking about the squares out there, waving my hand at everybody. Well, and that Seattle line, man, <laughs> they were just begging you to take Seattle. The more and more I thought about it, House, I'm like, this line just reeks of too good to be true, and you ended up losing a heartbreaker. But I do want to hit on something, fellas, in light of this Monday night game. And Raheem, this was something I was thinking about. We talked about it yesterday. And I think it's something we should be looking into over the next couple of weeks. You get that bump the first week or two when an interim head coach where everybody's on their toes. Wow, holy shit, I can't believe we just made a coaching change and they cover a spread or two. But that normally does not continue over the course of an NFL season. Raheem, would you say it's fair to say that we should be looking to fade Indianapolis now over the next couple of weeks because reality in many ways is going to be setting in they're probably going to have a different head coach next year. Like, there's so much uncertainty with that team. Like, they strike me as a team that come late December, January, might be thinking about the offseason and packing their bags. I mean, well, they, I mean, they have the Cowboys coming up this week. They have a really tough schedule. They have the Cowboys, they have the Vikings, they have the Chargers, they have the Giants, and they have the Texans. And the one thing I will say is that if Matt Ryan is in the lineup, they're gonna be they're gonna be playing for pride. I, I don't I don't see this being a team where okay they're just gonna go out there and just kind of mail it in. I mean they're facing some playoff contenders, so I could see them playing the role of spoiler in the weeks to come. And you got to think this is a, still a, a solid defense. So I mean they they struggle to protect the quarterback, but they can run the ball and they can play defense. And you saw it, it kept them in that game against the Eagles. So I mean even though you got that little bump. Um, and I think there's a decline against the Steelers. I, I think there's going to be some spots to back the Colts down the stretch. Yeah, JJ, what I, it looks like to me, the market um, recognizes that that sort of regression you're describing. The line's 10 and a half. Like, that's a big, fat number. Dallas Monster. is home by 10 and a half. I don't know if I want mm. any, any any part of that. I think my inclination with anything having to do with the Colts will be to continue to play unders. Look for unders and try and play the the, the unders in their totals. And that offense is absolutely gross. I mean, they had issues. Aikman is basically railing on their passing attack for four quarters throughout the game. And you know what? All things considered, considering the matchup, Steelers, Colts, two losing teams, game ended up being entertaining. I was into it. I had some shekels on the game. I ended up cashing a ticket. And there's nothing wrong with that. House, there was a takeaway I had from Sunday that I've always screamed about. And it's always mattered to me, and I think it mattered in the case of the betting public in two particular games, the Raven-Jaguar game, the Charger-Cardinal game, where you had two teams, 
with momentum at the end of a game, deciding we are not playing for overtime. Jacksonville at three and seven goes for two. I loved it as someone who had a Jacksonville plus three and a half ticket. Boom, they end up covering the number. Arizona and the Chargers. The Chargers get three consecutive three and outs. They get the ball at midfield. Herbert ends up scoring a touchdown. They say, screw it. We're going for the win right here, right there. They get the two as someone who had an Arizona ticket. I was very happy to see Brandon Staley send out the two-point conversion team as opposed to kicking the extra point. Dude, I've been screaming about this for years. When you have the momentum in the game, go and go for the jugular, especially when you score that touchdown. Loved it from Jacksonville. Loved it from the Chargers. My wild liked it that much more. Just saying. Well, there was, you know, a lot of of uh, commentary on the NFL Twitter about like sort of the an- analytics underpinning, and 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 I think our own uh, beloved brother Ben Solak uh, made a joke about the fact that like when you go for the two and you get it, um, you know, that's because of what you just described, JJ. It's momentum. It's other things. When you go for it and miss it, it's analytics. You blame people blame analytics. So that was just a funny conversation that was happening in the Twitter sphere. But you know, I, I think, um, and we saw this last year with Harbaugh, right? They they Baltimore went for for two twice last year and 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 failed both times and lost those games. Um, you know, it's it's situational. It's what the coaches think. Um, you know, is the best opportunity for them in that moment. I don't really, you know, have a problem depending on um, how the game flow has been with teams just taking the extra point and going into overtime. It doesn't drive me crazy. But both of those instances that you just described, JJ, felt like the situation called for both of those teams just going for it. And it would have been fine if both of those teams lost. From a betting perspective, as you described, those were W's for anybody holding the sides that you had. Um, And I don't know on balance. I haven't sat down and gone back and done the research. That, to me, is a different kind of construct analytics wise than going for it on fourth down. That's an entirely different, like the, the probabilities that flow from going for it on fourth down, the game situation, you know, what, what the, uh, what's occurred up to that moment. That's different from an end of game going for it for, you know, just trying to win the game, uh, situation. I'm actually in favor of it. Um, you know, one of the reasons why is that since they moved the extra point back, a two-point conversion going for it from the two-yard line actually has a, a higher expected value than kicking the extra point at this point. So I don't know if you guys remember when they actually first implement when they first pushed the extra point back, the Steelers were going for two quite often. All the time. I know, driving me insane with point spreads. You don't have to remind me, Raheem, all the time. So I just think, I mean, you know, when it's a, a late game situation, um, you have a higher like you, you gotta you gotta remember. These extra points aren't automatic. I mean, we we were on that um, Panthers game a couple of weeks ago with um, the, Falcons. the Falcons, where yeah, yeah, where they they missed the extra point. So these extra points aren't automatic. And I think when you have the momentum and you have when you have just one play to say, you know what, we're going to win this game as opposed to taking a chance on the on the coin flip. Um, you got to get the ball first because a lot of times when you get the ball first, it gives you the opportunity to go down and score um, before anybody. And then, you know, it, it's just, it, I, would, I, would, I would rather just put it all on that one play as opposed to, you know, taking a chance in overtime. Yeah, and House brings up a good point. It did not work out favorably for John Horball last year. Uh, you can make the argument that Ravens-Steelers game changed the entire feel of their season. Then Lamar Jackson gets hurt. Well, he's on the other end of it. And it brings me to 
where we're at in the AFC North. Because House, once again, the Baltimore Ravens with a late fourth quarter lead, they yuck it up. They give up the game tying or the the touchdown that allows the two-point conversion to have it, however you want to phrase it. And with their loss and with the Cincinnati Bengals, who I loved and I know Raheem loved, and they took care of business against the Tennessee Titans, they now are neck and neck in this division. The odds are still with Baltimore because of the schedule they have coming up. They got awful Denver this week. They have some absolute loser games where they got Cupcake City to quote Dickie V. But I know, House, you have been a big proponent of the Ravens. I know you have a lot of liability with the Baltimore Ravens, as do I, for that matter. Are you on edge about the Ravens and the AFC North, or does the odds over a FanDuel still at minus 200 plus give you a little bit more comfort? No, I'm going to jump into some Bengals. I'm going to go ahead and, and, and wow, lay off some of, of the it. exposure. Okay. Well, okay. I, I just don't, we, I don't know how much more I, we need to see. We're, we're through, uh, you know, 11 weeks in, in terms of, uh, competed games. And, and every time that the Ravens have lost, it's, it's been in an instance, you just described it. And it's everybody, you know, uh, the entire NFL commentariat, uh, Sunday, Monday, spending the time when we talk about the Raven situation, there just isn't a trustworthy, uh, uh, game plan there. And, and we've watched that defense again and again and again, let them down when, when it's time The the Cincinnati situation by contradistinction, they, that's trustworthy. That defense continues to own games in the second half of, of, of these situations. That's what makes this upcoming tilt against Kansas City so rich. I mean, every one of these Cincinnati games are absolute must-wins because they started off the season 0-2, but they're 7-2 since starting off the season 0-2, and, and they just have a toughness. They get, they're going to get Jamar Chase back, I think, this week. I think that's the speculation, right? Chase is back. Isn't that what we're seeing potentially? But look at what T. Higgins has done in the, in the meantime. A genuine like one B guy showing out as the one A guy, and I, I I definitely trust Cincinnati when I'm sitting down and comparing them to to the Baltimore situation. I, I think the thing is you can trust Cincinnati more than Baltimore, but the problem is Baltimore has the easier schedule. Baltimore has they the do. Broncos, they have the Steelers, they have the Browns, they have the Falcons, they have the Steelers, and then they have the Bengals on the last game of the season. So if you're going to buy in, now wouldn't be the spot because the Bengals have the Chiefs here. Um, unless you think the Chiefs are going to, unless you think the Bengals are going to beat the Chiefs this weekend, um, I don't think this is the spot to buy in. I mean, obviously they have. Hey, they could. They, still they the, beat them they, twice last year. Beat them twice last they year. They did not once, twice. However. The one thing I will say is they have the Chiefs, they have the Browns, they have the Buccaneers, the Patriots, the Bills, and then the Ravens again. So, I mean, you're looking at two games against the the Chiefs and the Bills, and I just think, to me, now wouldn't be the spot that I would want to buy in unless I just if I'm if I'm gonna if I really felt like I needed to buy in now and I felt like they would beat the Chiefs, I would just take the Bengals money line this weekend. But I, I just think yeah. this game's pro- this division is probably gonna come down to the last game of the season. Right now the Ravens are minus two forty. The the Bengals are plus two ten at FanDuel. I I agree with you, House, but I just don't like the schedule. So I like what you're saying, and, and I um, agree with the notion of playing the Bengals' money line this week. I'm going to do that. Um, but I also, I don't think that what we have, in, what the Steelers, pardon me, what the Ravens have in front of them schedule-wise, I don't trust that any longer. I don't say that that's an easy schedule. Uh, twice against the Steelers, well, Steelers the Steelers will be are up pretty goddamn good. 
You yeah. know this. Tom Brady yeah, will have those boys ready to that's play. Right. That's a rivalry game. That's and a game bra- where you throw the records out the window. I the, would the, not be surprised if the Steelers got the Ravens once. And would the not Browns, be surprised. The Browns with Deshaun Watson? Like, come on. Like, Deshaun will have his, like, at, the win for Baltimore was this week. They should have won that game against Jacksonville. Well, and this week we coming up. Be having let, this conversation. Let, let's be fair, though, House. This week coming up might as well be a bye. Outside of the Texans, <laughs> I can't find a team that's worse in the NFL than that putrid Denver team. They absolutely stink, man. They are terrible. They're worse than than the, I think the Bears are are worse. The without Bears fields. fair without fields. But, fair, but Denver's worse because of how disappointing they are. I mean, they are just a wet fart every single week. I mean, at least the the Bears can score some points. I mean, the Broncos they go yeah. out there. I mean, you're looking at a Broncos team which is averaging about 15 points a game. They might score a touchdown in the first half, and then you could kind of just count on them not scoring for the rest of the game. So, like, I'm one thing about this Ravens team. They remind me of the Minnesota Vikings last year. The Minnesota Vikings they had seven point leads in like their first 11 games, and you know they came out of it was like they were like five and six or you know six and five or something like that. So. At some point, you are what your record are record is, and you know this Ravens team can't close games. So I agree with you, House. I I, I can't really trust this team. It, it, it's very frustrating for somebody who has you know Ravens futures, but I think I'm gonna hold off on hedging for now. I think I'm gonna wait for the last game of the season because I think that's gonna determine the division. Well, let me ask this, Dream. If if the Bengals lose on Sunday against the Chiefs and the Ravens take care of business against Denver, how much is that? how much more value flows into the Bengals? What do you think that number? It's plus 210 right now for the Bengals. Is that the right time to play? Play it Sunday night. Watch that number jump up. The divisional number for the Bengals jump up. Yeah. What would your guess be? I I do think that that might be the the right time. Over over 300, right? I mean, mean, they're tied right now. So they're tied right now at at seven and four. And, you know, this would be a conference loss for, you know, for the for the um, Bengals if they were to lose that game. Um, so, mm-hmm. And remember, the Bengals did lose it, to the just, Browns. They did lose to the Browns. Yeah. That hurts them with the division. And Baltimore won the first it, head-to-head. It's tough for me. I, I think I got I to gotta let it play out. I mean, obviously, you, okay. you know, you got Deshaun Watson back against um, – the the Bengals um the the week after the Chiefs so it's yep. it's just it's just a really tough schedule for the Bengals here boys I'm gonna throw two potential futures at you one of them we just mentioned in the Cincinnati Bengals there's another one though I want to see where you guys are leaning that's coming up next this episode is supported by FX's Clipped the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. So, House, I'm going to give you two options. Seems like you want buyback with the Bengals. Fine. What's a better bet for the folks who are listening right about now? The Cincinnati Bengals to win the AFC North. The Miami Dolphins to win the AFC East. Similar odds for Mm. Buffalo and Baltimore. They're in that 200 range over at FanDuel. Baltimore with an easier schedule. Buffalo hosts the Miami Dolphins. They got two games coming up with New England. Miami's got a tough slate. They got San Francisco. They go to LA. They got Buffalo. They got New England, the Jets. 
I tell you right now, House, forget about what you have. For anybody who's out there listening, you want to get in on the Dolphins to win the East or the Bengals to win the North. What's a better bet? I really love the Dolphins and I admire them. I don't. I want to see what happens with this Taron Armstrong, uh, Armstead, pardon me, uh, injury. They have such a tough uh, stretch in front of them. Three straight road games. They're at San Francisco. Then they fly. Uh, then they're then they're they stay. Hopefully they stay on the West Coast. They better stay out on West Coast. I haven't heard right. about that. They better stay. House. At they the, better at stay. At the Chargers and then they're at the Bills. Like that. That's such a tough stretch. Uh, and especially with with you know the the way this this East is playing out, you can't write off the Jets. You can't write off New England. Um, damn, I, I think probably for me it's going to be the Bengals. I prefer the Bengals to the Dolphins, but I really admire and respect what the Dolphins have done this season. Raheem, four is yours. Dolphins or Bengals? You got to play one of them to win a division. This is tough. I'm, I'm going to go with the I'm going go with the Dolphins, and. The reason I say that is because the Bills have been dealing with so many injuries. Josh Allen has looked a little inconsistent. I know he got it done last week, but I, I think some of that was on the Lions. Um, also, you know, they have the injury to Von Miller. I, I just I just think this Miami Dolphins team right now, the way they're playing with two in the lineup, it, it's like you, you kind of can't count them out. So if I had to take a flyer, that would be it. I mean, they've already beaten Buffalo once. So if they beat Buffalo again, I mean, they have the tiebreaker. So I, th- I think I got to go with that direction just because the Ravens have already beaten the Bengals. So it's just, I mean, but they have a tough, they have a, such a tough schedule. I, I think that's the only thing that's kind of holding me back on this. But if I had to take one, that's what I would take. Well, and I think that's why you look at the odds, even though Miami is currently in first place and is currently ahead of the Buffalo Bills because of the tiebreaker and everything you mentioned. Buffalo is minus two something to win the division because the Miami schedule, the fact that Miami has to go to Buffalo in Western New York in the month of December. And now House, there's a good chance they're going to have to win there without their left tackle. And I know two is undefeated as a starting quarterback this year for the Dolphins in a game that he finishes. I know technically he lost the Bengal game when he got concussed. We're not going to count that game when he goes start to finish. He hasn't lost the game this year, but you take Armstead out of that lineup, I think the Miami offensive line is going to be hurting. And these next couple weeks, that's not the time you want to be hurting when you're going up against the Niners and you're going up against the Buffalo Bills. So I I, I get why both lines are in the minus 200 range. That Ravens schedule is just so soft, though. So I, I would lean in that direction. I would take a flyer on Miami. All right, let's get to the games this week. They're so freaking good. They're so outstanding. Uh, I'm annoyed, Raheem, that your stupid Cowboys are in Sunday night against the Colts. I don't know what the schedule makers are doing there. I get it, Dallas sells, but there are like five or six other games that I would rather see. Um, we'll do the AFC games first, or there's a couple of cross-flex games. I want to start with this one. Cincinnati and Kansas City. Raheem, is this line exactly where it needs to be, Kansas City minus two and a half? Yeah, I actually have this line like right around where the market is. I actually have the, believe it or not, I actually have this at a pick em. So it's like, I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm not surprised to see Kansas City as a favorite, but I can see where there's a little bit of value on the Bengals. I mean, according to my numbers. Well, I get that. The only, the only caveat I would have, Raheem, I get the sense. Normally, Kansas City is a team that's publicly bet. Everybody bets the Chiefs. Everybody bets Mahomes. Everyone wants to buy into that. 
I almost think this week, am I crazy? Is Kansas City not going to be as publicly bet because people like Joe Burrow, people like home underdogs, getting two and a half points? Are the books actually going to need the Chiefs this week or am I out of my mind? Don't you think that as this week progresses, folks will really start talking up this uh, revenge angle for yes, Kansas City? I do. And, and remind us all of how far ahead Kansas City was in that playoff game last year and how they really should have put that game away in the first half, that they looked un- unstoppable. And it should not have mattered when they got to the second half, you know, that there was any more uh, scoring, uh, the, the scoring deficiency shouldn't have mattered because they should have scored so many points in the first half. Um, but I, I, I expect there will be some, some money flowing in on, on the chiefs, uh, once the weekend kind of rolls around. Am I wrong about that dream? Yeah. I don't think you're wrong about that at all. I mean, I just, I don't think you, no one wants to bet, bet against Patrick Mahomes. So, I mean, especially, you know, with them under a field goal, I just think, you know, that, that's why I, I think there's a little bit of value on Cincinnati because, you know, a lot of times you see Patrick Mahomes under a field goal and, you know, he tends to cover these games more often than not. So I'm probably going to stay away, but if I had to do it, I, I'd probably be looking at Bengals or pass. Seems like House is dying to get in on this game. Fair to say, I'm House? not. I'm dying oh, to not. stay away. After what they what the, the Bengals did to me last year in the playoffs, really every game, I mean, my, my biggest... Uh, blow was that that Tennessee game that Tennessee served up on a silver platter and then I definitely did not trust Tennessee on the road to Kansas City and they they just they proved it to us and and I respect them but I don't want any part of that 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 rematch this this weekend I totally get that it's a stay away for me and the Bengals cost me a lot of money last year in the postseason yeah um I I, I don't love this game like this is one when I was going through the card I see two and a half my first instinct was take the Bengals. They need the game more. They have the Chiefs number, but that it's just, dude, it's giving me the heebie-jeebies. I'm staying away from it. House, my team in the Niners. This game is so freaking fascinating, dude, because you have Kyle Shanahan against his protege, Mike McDaniel. First time they're ever matching up. You have a lot of former 49ers on the Miami Dolphins. Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert. Surefield, a lot of, lot of connections. Miami has beaten up on some bad teams the last few weeks. The Texans, the Lions, the Bears, the Steelers. But they're 8-3. and three. They're undefeated. Two of plays. But that Armstead injury, man. And the idea that you got to go across the country with the way the Niner defense is playing. Like, something's got to give here, right? How is it? It's the great Miami offense against the unbelievable San Francisco defense, which you could argue has not exactly gone up against Murderer's Row outside of a decent Charger offense that was beat up going into the game. My lean on the game, now, I'm not betting it because it's my team and it's a monstrous game. If I were betting this game, though, House, I think the Niners are the right side because I think they're going to absolutely beat the crap out of Tua. That's my feeling. That pass rush is just too hot right now. It's too on fire. I think San Francisco is the right side in the game. Well, maybe I'm crazy, but I think McDaniel's got a game plan ar- around that D'Amico uh, pass rush. I think he knows what what the f- Niners have uh, up their sleeve in terms of the pressure that they intend to bring. The Armstead injury, obviously, we this is the third time that we've mentioned it. It changes the calculus for this. To me, I love getting 
above a field goal in this. This game is a three-point or two-and-a-half-point game to me. I love getting the extra half a point uh, being on the Miami side. You made a a good observation. This will be the fastest offense that the 49ers will have seen this whole season. And I think, you know, speed kills. And and, and if if, uh, anybody understands how to plan against uh, the, the Niners defense is McDaniel. And I, maybe I'm investing too much in him. Maybe I am a little bit crazy. I also just generally don't like San Francisco as a favorite at home. Shanahan doesn't have a good record as a home favorite. So I feel like there's a little bit, anything above a field goal starts catching my interest. I'm not investing heavily. This is another one where I just love the matchup. It's going to be so great to watch and, and see how these guys have schemed against each other. Um, but if I, I had to take a side, I might put a little bit on Miami in this instance. I mean, I hope you guys are right, by the way. I'm just I'm just throwing this out there. I hope you guys are a thousand percent right and Miami's the right side. Uh, listen, you can't say I'm waving the uh, the aqua and orange pom-poms right now. I think the matchup scares the shit out of me. I'm going to be perfectly honest. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan is a favorite, 19, 20, 28, and 1. That's 40%. Kyle Shanahan has an underdog, 26 and 18, 59%. So you had those drastic splits between, you know, Kyle Shanahan as a favorite and as an underdog. But, you know, I watched that, that San Francisco um, 49ers New Orleans Saints game last week. And the one thing that stood out to me is that, you know, for all the talk about that San Francisco defense, Andy Dalton got into the red zone about four or five times. And, you know, they should have covered that game and possibly won that that matchup with ease. But they just had a bunch of blunders in the red zone. And those aren't blunders that I expect the Miami Dolphins to have. And I think Mike McDaniel is, I mean, he, he worked with that coaching staff for years. So, I kind of expect them to keep this game close. So I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if I'm going to be involved, but I mean, it's, it's just for this discussion. I, I think that's where my, my mind is headed right now. All right. So I like hearing that the guys are on my beloved Dolphins. I, I would not be. So I'm going to be siding with my uh, my heart over my head here. Uh, the other game I want to get to, one of these cross-flex games, because I know House is dying to talk about his C-words. I can't wait for C-words and Giants. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, the other team in New York, the Jets, they unleash Mike Whitehouse. It was an absolute no-brainer. The kid ran the offense competently. He got Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore involved. Zach Wilson should never start another game for the New York Jets ever again. And for the remainder of this year, it should be the Mike White show. I saw this line. like I, I'm going through the lines Monday, I'm like thinking in my head, all right, Minnesota's going to be four and a half. Minnesota's going to be five and a half. I saw a minus three, and I almost spit up my coffee. I was like, holy smokes, this line seems undervalued. House, is this another instance of the books disrespecting the Minnesota Vikings? Or is this an instance of it's time to believe in the Jets being a much different team with a far more competent quarterback? Where do you stand on this game? It's the latter, and honestly, I don't think um, the quarterback thing factors as is, is- much into this as the Jets' defense. The Jets' defense is incredible. Now, there's such an enormous difference between Wilson and and any competent quarterback. So for sure, that that tightens it up. I think that's why it's not the five and a half or the six that you might have been imagining. But really, to me, this is a reflection of the market um, recognizing how legitimately good across the board the Jets' defense is. And we just watched Minnesota 
Now, Minnesota beat New England, but really, New England beat themselves. And I think that that if you size this up, New England and the Jets, same conference, the same kind of, of uh, orientation and, and, and the, the game plan, I think the Jets are going to be competitive in this game, and I think the line is perfectly fair. I, I do think the, the Jets are going to be competitive, but I, it's just... I, I'm I'm frustrated with this Minnesota Vikings team because for me, they're a team that I believe is over overvalued or overperformed their Pythagorean expectation. Their defense has really fallen off a cliff. But it's a matter of what are you gonna get from this Jets offense? And, you know, this Vikings team still has one of the best home field advantages in the NFL. I think this line is is priced correctly. I don't know if I'm gonna be involved. Ooh, stay away. See, it's when I stay away from line. Too. I saw the initial line. My first thought is that line's too low. I got to take the Jets because when Vegas knows, Vegas knows. However, to Raheem's point, the team that has defied the odds, no pun intended, week after week after week has been the Minnesota Vikings. Okay, when we come back, House a few weeks ago was adamant. He was adamant. The C-words and playoffs, how dare you, Jamora? Well, right now, the C-words and playoffs might be a thing. All right. Well, uh, We'll see if our guys had to change your heart next. Two guys drove to work. Neither guy wore a seatbelt. One guy got a ticket. One guy didn't. The same two guys drove home. One guy wore a seatbelt. One guy didn't. One guy made it home. The guy not wearing his seatbelt didn't. Don't risk it. Click it or ticket. Paid for by NHTSA. Okay, House. A few weeks ago, I, I, I put the bug in your ear. I said, hey, Falcons, Texans, after your big Monday night win over the Eagles, I kind of saw the path potentially for a Washington postseason appearance. You were adamant. You were like, JJ, no way. I don't believe. I'm not getting suckered in. Bah, bah, bah. Well, you win. Two more games. You have another dramatic win over the Falcons. And now you have a monstrous Sunday game coming up against the New York Giants. So, before we get to the line in this game, are you ready to believe or no? You're still out. I'm still out. I I, st- <laughs> I very much admire how they have um, reset the, the trajectory of this season and made themselves competitive. And, you know, the, the the difference between Heineke and Wentz is is really one of of uh, mojo and, and, and spirit and karma. It really doesn't have anything to do with actual play on the field, uh, because I, I, I think Heineke perhaps leads the NFL in turnover worthy uh, plays, you know, since he's taken over at, at quarterback. And they've been very lucky. Washington has to not have a bunch of those uh, uh, potential picks come to pass. Washington, during the Heineke stretch, is tied for first in, in turnover differential. So there was some regression for Washington. They were near the bottom of the league through the first five games with Wentz. And, and, and you know, they, they've, they've changed course a little bit on that turnover front. The defense is the version of the defense that everybody hoped for. But you, you cannot, uh, having seen this Washington team over the last five or six weeks do anything other than give them kudos for, for, you know, performing admirably 
That that uh, Philadelphia game was a best case scenario. They caught him at exactly the right moment. That I believe will continue to be the bright and shiny spot for the season. I don't have Washington in the playoffs, uh, e- even even with the, the consecutive games against the Giants coming up here. Well, Raheem, think about this now for a minute. Washington will go to the Meadowlands this week. They are road favorites against the Giants. And House, I know you're not going to want to hear this. I agree with the line. They're better <laughs> right now. I've seen the Giants. The Giants are one and three in their last four games. Their only win was against the putrid Houston Texans, where, oh, by the way, they played like crap, and they were very lucky to win the game, and they were very lucky to cover the game. You know, sometimes, Raheem, we see these lines, and I think they're a little bit of an overreaction. I don't think this line is an overreaction with Washington and the Giants, dude. And I'm not saying the Giants are going to lose the game necessarily, but I think right now, looking at these two teams objectively, I think Washington is better. I really do. Yeah, I, I do think Washington is better. I mean, my personal number f- for this game puts it at a, a pick them, but it's just, I don't know if my model is necessarily capturing what these teams are now. I think that's a full season number. Um, what I do like in this game is that I like the under. I, I don't think you're going to get a lot of points from from this t- these two teams in this matchup. I, I think you got a divisional matchup. You have, you know, a, a, a banged up Giants team and you have a, Washington Commanders team who can really rush the passer, and so I, I don't I don't think you're going to get a lot of points in this. I, I think the over under is 41. I'm looking that direction. Actually, that's already been bet down from 42. So I'm I'm kind of looking that direction. Um, maybe you get a, a good first half under, depending on what that number comes out as. But um, yeah, I, I think this is probably a last stand spot for the Giants. I mean, if they don't win this this game, their season is all but over. Well, and and to to Raheem's point, both of these teams are slow-paced teams. And one of the other things that Washington has done is greatly ramp up its rushing attack, its rushing attempts, the the rushing yardage. All of that has been part of the turnaround for them uh, since Wentz went down with injury. And the Giants want to run the ball also. Now, Washington's run defense is, is terrific, but Daniel Jones has given them trouble. Daniel Jones, though, that's a prop that I'll be looking at, is Daniel Jones' uh, rushing yards. He's he's had great success against this Washington overeager uh, defense in, in the past. The way that I'm going to play the spread is to gladly accept the one and a half and tease that right up through seven and a half and let me have uh, the Giants through the three and the seven. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I don't think either team will will win by more than two scores. So I love the Giants catching the seven and a half as a teaser leg, and I love the under in this game. House, House actually brought up something interesting. I, I think you got to bring that up. Daniel Jones has actually been dominated against Washington. Four and one record, um, you know, 108 um, for 158, um, 68% completion percentage, 1,150 passing yards, nine touchdowns to three interceptions, 30 carries, 7.3 yards per attempt, 218 rushing yards, and one touchdown on the ground. So for whatever reason, Daniel Jones really gets up to play against this Washington team. Um, so, I mean, I, I don't know if it's correlated with a win this week, but, I mean, they'd say the best predictor of the future is past results. So that's something to keep in mind when you have, you know, because I think the public is going to be all over the commanders this weekend. So definitely got to keep that in mind. And we saw Jones light it up with his legs to House's point Thursday night game last year. 
Should have won the game. Giant ineptitude down a stretch. I remember a big penalty on a missed field goal. Ended up losing the game. So, yeah, maybe some Danny Dimes or Vanilla Vic rushing props is uh, something the boys got to consider. All right, guys, I got two plays for you. I need your blessing. One of them is early. It's Thursday. So we're getting right out of the way. The other one is on Sunday. House, I hate when I have to side with the Patriots. It bothers me when I have to side with the Patriots. I grabbed five and a half the minute I saw this line on Monday. Their defense, I think, will play much better than it did against Minnesota. Belichick with extra time to prepare. I understand Buffalo has time to prepare. And I I think it's a last stand game for the Patriots. I do. They're at home. They got to give you a big effort. I am not a believer in what I've seen with Buffalo over the last few weeks. They fooled around with way too many of these games. House, that's a tight game on Thursday night, man. Five and a half, sign me up right now. Yeah, I agree with the idea of it being a tight game. I just am so um, discombobulated by what we saw out of New England. It was such a non-Belichickian performance. A lot of penalties. The, mis- the, the penalties return. The, yeah. and the mistakes, yeah. special teams and penalties. That's the thing that you watching New England for the last 20 years. You say, well, they got that uh, on, uh, on lock. They're going to be fine in that respect. And that's exactly how they lost that game against Minnesota. I didn't feel like the defense really let them down. I just felt like it was situationally put in bad spots. And, I, you know, <laughs> your boy Mac Jones led the entire NFL in pass yards yeah, last Yeah, he played week. well. Give him credit. I rag on him a ton. He played well yeah. in that game, Raheem. He played well. Uh, I'm in on him, though. I'm in on the pats. Give me the I, And the line has moved down, Raheem. I'm seeing four and a half right now. Yeah, I think I think a lot of it has to do with. I mean, obviously, the, the you know the, the Bills are a little banged up coming into this matchup. They're playing a second straight road game. I'm just I'm with House on this. I mean, the the Patriots probably had one of the most undisciplined games that I've ever seen them play, and you know that was really really shocking to me. And you know what the Bills did to the Patriots in the playoffs last year. Was I mean it was it was it was a dominant performance. So this is kind of like a revenge spot for the New England Patriots. But I, I still need to think about this a little bit more. Myself and Austin will be covering this game um, on Thursday, so I'm gonna do a little bit more research and you know think about things a little bit more. But I have a full opinion then. So Raheem giving me the classic tease for Austin and Raheem's Thursday night pod, <laughs> which of course you want to check out on the Ringer Gambling feed. All right, Raheem, I'm gonna start with you on the other one. I love the Raiders getting the points against the Chargers. I know the Chargers won. They beat Arizona. whoop the freaking do I can't believe I'm back in a Josh McDaniels coach team, but I do think that the Raiders have kind of found something here. And as long as Josh Jacobs plays in this game, I think they're going to have success against the Chargers. They beat them last year. They lost to them early in the year. Raheem, Raiders plus the two. You in? I, I like that one. I, I don't know if I'm necessarily in, but I think the one thing that stood out to me is, you know, Josh Jacobs, when he did his Bo Jackson impression, you know, th- this Chargers team, they can't stop the run at all. And if Josh Jacobs is able to run the ball on this Chargers team, it opens things up for that offense. And this Raiders offense, I mean, they've been inconsistent all year, but they've had their moments of explosion. So I, I, I like what I, I like this line there. I like them getting two and a half. I think there's some two and a halves in the market as well, but um, two, two and a half, I think is, is, is a good play. My only response is I need to, to, to know how Josh Jacobs has, re- has recovered since running all over the Seattle Seahawks. Has he been in the hyperbaric chamber sleeping and getting the, uh, the oxygen? Has he been in the ice bath? Like you want his body to be 
return to as much pristine condition as possible because he's going to have another opportunity to run as much as he wants to run against that abysmal Chargers run defense. Uh, I, I the, the the points are fine. It's not a game that I really uh, want to get um, uh, invested in one way or the other. It is funny as a rematch of the, the playoff tilt, you know, the game for the playoffs last year, watching these masterminds go at it uh, again. Now, of course, McDaniels wasn't, wasn't part of it. Uh, but, um, I, I just think Staley against, against the Raiders. I, I don't have any problem with your idea of going with the Raiders. All right. I'll take the lukewarm endorsement house. You have a favorite play for the card. Oh, yes, I do. Oh, I absolutely be, do. Uh, Mike Rabel is an underdog this week. And the thing that we have seen with the Tennessee Titans this whole season, it's been very, very impressive. Tennessee is getting five and a half points as of the time that we're taping this against Philadelphia. The totals 44 and a half. I just love this is one of those ones and, and dream um, gets this styles make fights. Styles make fights, right? This is the, the best rush defense in the entire NFL in the form of the Tennessee Titans going up against Philadelphia, and they're going to not let Philadelphia do what Philadelphia wants to do. On the other side of the ball, the Philadelphia rush defense, not very good. And the injury to Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, hopefully he's okay. He's got a, a kidney injury. I hope that that kid is okay and comes back. Um, you know, perfectly strong next year, but, uh, I don't like what I've seen out of the Philadelphia, uh, defense in general since that Washington game. But I think King Henry is going to have, uh, himself a little bit uh, of a day. I think Tennessee is going to dictate, uh, the, the, the game flow a little bit here. Give me that five and a half all day long. I mean, the numbers for, for Vrabel as an underdog, by more than three points are Im impeccable. And the other thing to do for sure, if you're going to take Tennessee plus a five and a half, take them on the money line as well. Those cash, when you got Vrabel at greater than three uh, as a dog, he, I think he's won 14 out of 16, some crazy number of outrights as well. Grab that money line as well. I'm not. I'm not mad at this pick at all. Like I, I, I agree with you, and I think the market is actually agreeing with you. So you're actually seeing this number come down. So I actually like that pick. Yeah, Derrick Henry against that Eagle rushing defense. I mean, that's where the Packers got it wrong last Sunday. Okay, Raheem, what are you eyeing up for the Sunday slate? Well, we had the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday night. We're going back to the well again. Going back to the well. Okay. Yeah, you look at this Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Um, it's a total mismatch against the Atlanta Falcons. And you, you, you see the Falcons, they want to run the ball. That's what they do. They run the ball. While the Steelers are seventh in rushing defense DVOA. And when you look at this Falcons offensive line, they're 30th in adjusted sack rate. So th this Falcons offensive line isn't going to be able to push the Steelers around. And then when you look on the other side of the ball, this Falcons defense is absolutely abysmal. So they're bottom five in football outsiders DVOA. I know they're bottom five in EPA per play. I know they're bottom five in success rate. So Kenny Pickett, you know, he had a great game against, he had a solid game against the Colts who have a solid defense. I'm expecting, you know, the, the, them to continue that momentum that we saw on Monday night. Now, I know it's a short week and it's a second straight road game, but I think this Falcons team is, um, they've reached the end of the road. I mean, we, we spoke about them at the beginning of the season in our season previews. They were supposed to be one of the worst teams in the NFL. And I think they overperformed a little bit. 
But I think now you start to see them come down to earth. So I like the Steelers in this spot. I'm not going to hate that. I think reality's setting in a little bit for that Atlanta team. All right, there's a team we got to look to fade, I think, a ton over the next few weeks in the NBA. And that's what we're going to sign off. That's coming up next. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, House, quick NBA thought. The Lakers, Podfather texted us. Schedule is insanely hard throughout the month of December. Do we want a couple of wins here so we could start fading like crazy? Yeah, I, I do think we need. It's a bummer that they lost to to uh, the the Pacers last night uh, on a last second shot. They had an opportunity. That would have been a good win for the Lakers. All all their big three played. Westbrook, LeBron, and Anthony Davis all played in the basketball game together. We need some wins out of the Lakers so we can start getting some value fading them because, boy, that's going to make – that's how I'm going to afford the Christmas presents that I need for my kid this year, JJ. I like the sound of that. I mean, anything to pay those holiday presents, those Christmas presents, Raheem? Yeah. I, I'm, I mean, this Lakers team, I mean, the, I, I watched that game last night, and, you know, they they were up. They were dominating that, that game up until the last – two minutes of that game. I think they were up nine or 11 with three minutes to go and they just couldn't close the, the show. So, I, I mean, this Lakers team is just like, I don't even know if they're going to make the play in. It's just, I mean, this is just a, not a good team at this point. Um, Anthony Davis, I mean, without LeBron James in the lineup, you saw him really, you know, become the guy and for whatever reason with LeBron James in the lineup, he's not that right now. So they have a lot to work on, but I, I do think they're a team that you, we can look to fade. I like the sound of that. Delusional for anybody in that organization to think they're a contender. Delusional. For House, for Raheem, great job by the Wargon Warrior. East Coast Bias Boys are back next week. Check out House and Raheem on all the Ringer gambling stuff. Thursday, Friday, they got 10 zillion different shows. And then Raheem and I are back on Monday. Enjoy it. I can't wait for the football this weekend. Be good, everybody.